This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 241. I blew myself up there. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and with thanks to Dolph Ziggler, I am Ibdominable. Welcome to the show, everybody, and thank you for joining us. And we have quite a bit to discuss today, Nick. We had a pretty packed Raw last night over there in WWE land. And we also have a little something else to discuss, but we can't get to that yet, Nick, because we've got to do some housekeeping and then we can move on with the show. So stay tuned while Nick runs down the housekeeping. Yes, guys, come over and join us in our Discord community. It is the place to be. That is where we're trying to get everybody to come and join us for live chats all throughout the week, fun lifestyle stuff like movies and TV and music and all kinds of good stuff. But we have dedicated chat channels for Raw, AEW, NXT, SmackDown, Ring of Honor, New Japan, all kind of stuff over in the BWO Discord, plus dedicated chat channels for pay-per-views, such as the New Japan Cup that is going on right now. We've got Extreme mm. Rules in three weeks. We're going to have uh, Fighter Fest stuff happening uh, th- this week and next week, so all kinds of stuff over in the Discord community. Come over and find us. The link in the description below or pinned across our social media profiles. You can also find us under beat up, or sorry, under Busted Wide Open over on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, and make sure you subscribe right here at youtube.com slash busted wide open and got your notifications set to all we've had a lot of uh concerns over notifications or lack thereof thanks youtube but make sure if one thing to check is make sure you've got them set to all i think by default they go to personalized so make sure yeah. you've got that little bell set to all if you do want to get notifications for when we do things such as bwo daily every single day throughout every week uh those are going fantastic thank you everybody for showing up i've been ch- toying with the premieres too uh so we can do live chat as they they go up for the first time so thank you everybody for showing up for those uh we're doing some fun experimentation with that last but certainly not least our patrons uh if you'd like to get in on some exclusive rewards for the show you can head over to patreon.com slash bwo sign up for one of those reward tiers over there to get access to show notes the ability to play uh, in our patron pickums challenge for the big four pay-per-views. We'll see what happens with SummerSlam here in a couple of months because oh, oh uh, uh, some things are a little dicey right now, and we'll face. We'll see how they end up figuring out how to do that one. 
Um, but uh, in addition to that, bonus episodes like the one we're going to be doing immediately after the show tonight. Surprise! Yes. Hey! Surprise! We're going to be doing your June bonus episode tonight for all of you that are $10 patrons. Are you a $10 patron yet? If not, you still got time. You got about an hour to go sign up right now. Patreon.com slash BWO. Uh, make sure you get signed up over there. That is the best way to support the show. But Ian, we had um one more... If I could pull a, pull, a, uh, pull a Steve Jobs and go, there's just one more thing. Yes. One more thing. You see, Nick, if you are a patron of this show, at a high enough tier, you get to produce your own segment. And we actually have a patron by the name of Jesse Money who is actually uh, – he's done that, and he's going to produce his own segment. And the segment is actually going to debut today on this very show after we cover Raw. And he's decided that segment will be called – the bright side of the ring. So as a patron on, on the $100 tier, you can actually produce your own segment just like Jesse Money is doing today. Uh, the bright side of the ring, he was thinking because uh, there's there's so much going on in the world, he wants to have something positive to talk about in wrestling. So we will get to that segment later on in the show after Raw. So stick around for Bright Side of the Ring. Today we'll actually be covering Sammy for Syria, which is a charity that Sami Zayn started and where that came from and how that works. But as a result, because we're covering that charity, Nick, all the proceeds from the show today, that means everything that we get over here in the Super Chat, any tips, anything like that, will all be donated to Sammy for Syria. So if you're in the chat, if you're listening to the show at any point, and you throw us any money for this episode, that's all going to go to Sammy for Syria. So stick around. You'll find out about where that money goes and why it's going there and all of that later on in the show. But right now, Nick, we have to actually get to the meat of our show, mm. and that means we have to kick on over and talk about Monday Night Raw. Boy, Raw opened up in the middle of a melee. There was some craziness going on. And I have to say right here at the top of this, I absolutely loved this. It popped me in the mouth. I did not expect this. This was not the stereotypical opening of a Monday no. Night Raw where Seth Rollins or Triple H trots out and talks for 30 minutes. No, <laughs> it's Samoa Joe. We're just right in it. And that, this was a very fun way to handle what I was already just going Oh, God, two contract signings tonight? Yeah. We're going to have Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler sign their contracts. Asuka and Sasha Banks sign their contracts. All right, it's going to be a contract signing, and things will probably go sideways. We've seen it all a million times. What you hadn't seen was Raw starting, and immediately Samoa Joe's in the middle of the ring going, get some security out here! And they're just <laughs> He said, get the zebras. <laughs> get the zebras out here. Oh, he's, a, he's oh, classic. And the no small part of me loved the irony of Samoa Joe trying to, to manage a contract signing, giving his history in NXT with William Regal. Right. But that's neither here nor there. Sasha and Asuka were going at it, at it. They had to be separated. When things were finally calmed down, Joe tried to announce the next two participants, but he was cut off by Dolph Ziggler's music, and out came Dolph Ziggler and then Drew McIntyre. We finally got things settled down, and everyone's sitting around a table. Uh, we finally got to... A contract signing. And that's when Drew and Ziggler got to air their grievances. Ziggler, of course, saying, oh, Drew, I gave you everything that you are. I brought you back. I made you what you are. No one knows me better than you, which is why I will finally get my chance to be at the top of the mountain and beat you at Extreme Rules. To which Drew replied, au contraire, 
you're a loser who's never been able to quite make it to the top of the mountain, and I'm going to kick you back down to where you normally are, and I'll tell you what, I'll even throw in this, little Dolph buddy. You can pick the stipulation at Extreme Makeover. Extreme Makeover? Extreme Rules. <laughs> used to work for that show. Extreme Rules. You can, you can pick the stipulation, and no matter what it is, I'll beat you. And as I explained later in the show, it was so that Dolph had no excuse. At Extreme Rules, the horror show. Oh, it's this time of year, man. Great balls of fire. They, they always come out with the names around this time of year. And I, I, I tell you, it's something else. Uh, so that was the setup for this. Everyone signs their contracts. As Dolph tries to say more, Asuka interrupts him. She starts screaming. Sasha then gets on the mic and says that uh, she's going to take over not only SmackDown with the tag belts, but Raw as well, and then the whole damn company because she'll be on all three shows. SmackDown, Raw, NXT have two belts. It's going to be all Sasha World. And then, of course, everything broke down again. Dolph fled before eating a, 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 a Claymore. Everyone ran back up the ramp, and we had a mixed tag match made for later. So what did you think about, listen, before we get to the tag match, what did you think about this setup, this format for a contract signing, some stuff very much within the trope, but then they went out of the box on a few things. Yeah, the the opening up of Raw, we we played the intro, we had Skillet, we had all the stuff, and then it's just we're right thrown right in the middle in the middle of this fracas that's going on. I absolutely loved this. It, it was it just caught me completely off guard, and I like being caught off guard in that sense with my wrestling programs. Surprise me. You know, catch, make me think outside the box of, oh, my God, what are they going to do next? Yeah. That's the time when wrestling is fun, when there's unexpected things happening. You don't know what's coming. And we're leading to a pay-per-view known as Extreme Rules. We're already sip setting stipulations. All kinds of stuff happening uh, in this opening 15 minutes of a three-hour wrestling program. They got a lot done in a small amount of time right there at the beginning of the show that uh, I, I really enjoyed this, if, it's, if it wasn't clear. It opened up some time for later in the show. That I mean, not that you need to open much time on a three-hour show, but it definitely gave them more time to have some actual wrestling matches later. And one of the things they had was the match between Drew McIntyre tagging with Asuka against Dolph Ziggler tagging with Sasha, which is, when you really sit back and think about it, that's some bizarre combinations that if a year ago you told us in 2020... You'll be sitting trapped in your houses watching with watching Drew McIntyre and Asuka face Sasha Banks and Dolph Ziggler to, to anticipate a title match because three of them are title holders. <laughs> and we're going to have a bunch of crowd that are from the PC and NXT students uh, spaced out six feet apart and all wearing masks except for Kona Reeves who just couldn't keep his mask on the entire time. Uh, if you, I, I know the feeling. If you thought that, if you heard that a year ago, you'd, your mind would explode. But here we are. Here we are at that time. And as you would expect with the talent involved, that was a pretty fun main event. You had uh, Drew just regularly kicking the crap out of Dolph. Dolph selling like death. Uh, Sasha Banks being cocky and Asuka being angry. And it all just flowed together wonderfully, I got to say. And you even had Bailey on commentary. And Nick, we have been down on Bailey within the last six months for her heel character for not being entertaining. And I got to eat my words. She was entertaining here. She's she's finding a groove. That's for sure. I'm still not yeah. over the moon about it, but I'm 
it's it's not as bad as it was initially. No, I'm not doing backflips, but she's much more animated. Uh, she's much more entertaining. She's much more lively. She's got some some really good annoying heel qualities that I'm appreciating that she's really focusing in on. Yeah. So I've got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but the moment where Oscar was outside, Sasha was outside, and Bailey put her fingers in her ears, her thumbs in her ears, and waggled her fingers and went, blah, 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 blah. and then Oscar looked over at her, and Sasha was able to take advantage, and Bailey starts cackling afterwards about, who falls for that? Yeah. Five year olds fall for that. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. That was funny. Definitely. So, uh, can I can I also just two things real quick? I want to say one, uh, Chris, nineteen seventy eight. Thanks for starting us off. Five bucks in the super chat. Thank you very thank much, you. sir. He says for the Daily Show for this one and the bonus episode. Out of boy, thank you, sir. Just a reminder, guys. Any of the proceeds that we we receive tonight will be forwarded on, paid forward on to Sammy for Syria. So just keep that in mind as we head towards the bright side of the ring segment later tonight. I see a few people just now showing up and saying hi in the chat. What's up, guys? Um, can I, the second thing I wanted to say was, how cool is it? I want you to re, everybody rewind two years. And future Nick shows up and says, guys, it's going to be, I know you're tired of Roman Reigns. I know you're tired of Brock Lesnar. But in the middle of 2020, <laughs> the, the world's going to be on fire. But Drew McIntyre and Asuka are going to be on chance. the top of yeah. WWE. It, it's it's going to be okay. Here's a <laughs> hug and a mask. You're going to need it. But yeah. uh, D- Drew McIntyre and Asuka, and it, it's, uh, it warms my heart to see Drew McIntyre and Asuka at the top of WWE right now. I just, and honestly, in general. It, it, and also Asuka facing off against Sasha, which oh. we haven't seen enough of, frankly. And oh. this just, this honestly, okay, so that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Did this opening segment and this main event help make us more excited for Extreme Rules, Drew versus Dolph and Sasha versus Asuka? Not really. I mean, I, oh. I feel like it was, I feel like they're independent of each other. Um, they I, are. I, I'm saying the each, opening each match, segment each made me excited for it, but not the intergender okay. tag match, no. See, I actually got more excited for Drew and Dolph in the opening segment because of that, the addition of the stipulation makes me go, okay. What's the stipulation? What what's Dolph going to use to try and make an advantage here? Because he needs it, as we saw in the main event. Drew just has his number. At one point, Dolph tags out. Sasha gets in the ring and starts jawing at Drew. And Dolph's over on the on their apron, and Drew just kind of casually punches him in the face and knocks him flying, like it's nothing. I and mean, he dominated Dolph in this match. So it's obvious Dolph needs a stipulation. So now I'm curious, what stipulation? When it comes to Sasha and Asuka. I was like, okay, they're brawling in the opening part. Cool, but I knew that. But then I actually had their match, and once I got to see them work together, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really do want to see them work another match together, like an actual match match. Yeah. And the ending didn't do much for me. Asuka going for an Oscar lock. They were reversing each other's finishers, and Asuka tries to put on an Oscar lock. Sasha reverses it into a pin. Okay, fine. Sasha has a win over Asuka. I feel like I'm not a big fan of the pinning the champ in a non-title match to before the title match. That always just kind of eh, eh, there you go. Uh, but the actual their interaction in this match made me want to see more. And that's what if you're going to allow them to be physical, that's what you want to create. Is ooh, I want to see more of that. I, and I so. think it's unfair to have that as sort of it, it's hypocritical in a way to think that that's okay for the women. But there's no way in hell Dolph Ziggler was gonna. Pin Drew McIntyre tonight. 
There's no way in hell that was going to happen. Nope. But the fact that they felt that it was okay for Sasha to do it to Asuka, neither of the, neither of those two are dropping belts. Uh, let's be clear. But I uh, I think they're definitely pointing towards Sasha perhaps getting that Raw title. I do. I do. We've talked about this before. Uh, okay. We've talked just, about this. I, I don't feel like it's a good look either. And I feel like that it's there's sometimes where it's okay for the women – and it do, it doesn't have. I feel like there's a little bit of equality we could work on there as well. So, uh, yeah, never a good look for your champ to get pinned on a non-title match Raw TV show. Yeah, so, especially yeah. via a squirrely roll-up that was uncontested. Like that was a, that was a clean roll-up. So, uh, so so that's that. Well, there we are, ready for Extreme Rules, which is still three weeks away. So we have a little bit of build. Dolph's got some time to figure out what his stipulation is going to be. Uh, time enough for Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio to actually figure out what's going on in their feud because Seth Rollins came out to beg forgiveness from Rey Mysterio. And like all things Seth, as soon as you hear, ah, he's going to beg for forgiveness, you know there's got to be a twist. And sure enough, there was. Seth was begging forgiveness not from the things that he'd done to Rey, but the things that he was going to do to Ray, because he was destined, as he said, by the path that he'd been put on by Ray just not going away and continuing to stand in his way on Monday Night Raw, he was destined to have to hurt Ray Mysterio more. In fact, as he put it, if you continue to get back into the ring and defy me, essentially, I'm going to have to keep taking pieces from you and keep breaking you down little by little until there's nothing left. At which point, Rey Mysterio shows up on the Titan Tron and says, Hey, Seth, over here, here I am with Eddie Guerrero's son, Dominic, and we're here to talk to you about what we're going to do to you, which is an eye for an eye. You see, we're going to come for you, Seth, but unlike you, you think it's fated, except we don't think it's fated what we're going to do to you. It's going to be completely intentional. So, Rey and Dominic having strong words for Seth, and then out come Aleister Black and Humberto Carrillo on behalf of Rey and Dominic to have a match with Seth and Murphy. Does this all sound familiar to you, Nick? A little bit. Does this sound like what we've been doing with this feud for the last, oh, I don't know, ever since Ray had his quote-unquote eye put out a month ago or more? Treading water. Yeah, the it, only thing that's, that's a little that more way. interesting is is Dominic has a little bit more involvement. Um, I'm just waiting for that inevitable moment when he flips on Ray and just screams, you're not my real dad! <laughs> We're just, I'm just, that's, that's what I'm waiting for. Uh, that would be probably one of the more interesting things they could do with this feud right now is to have something majorly crazy like that go on. Because otherwise, here's the thing. Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. We're both, we love Seth Rollins' Messiah character. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Okay, I it love it. It took me a minute to get, around, get my head around it and get on board, but it's, it's, it it's took full him a steam while ahead. Yeah. yeah, it took him a while too to kind of get the nuances of it. To get the 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 pattern of the of the speech and everything and all of the nuance then the, the character, yeah. But now it's kind of it's it's set. He's got all his tropes. He's got everything set, but he's just doing the same thing every week. And it can be the most fascinating damn character in the world. But if you are doing the same thing every week, not only is it the definition of insanity, it's boring. Yeah. And here we are. Why? And and this segment came on. And about halfway through, I saw where it was going, and I just kind of went, okay. I've seen it. 
They've yeah. got to do something major here. They, and they even had, we had this another of the same matches, Carrillo and Aleister Black fighting valiantly against Seth and Murphy at oh, the we end. Need, we need to talk about that. At the end, Seth and Murphy get an edge on Carrillo, end up stomping him, taking Aleister Black out, then putting Rey Mysterio's mask on Carrillo, trying to put his eye out on the stairs after beating up Aleister Black some more. Uh, they do get chased off, but he do, they do get a stomp off on him on the stairs. So Carrillo's laid out in the stairs with a stomp. Black is hurt and nearby him, and Seth and Murphy are scampering back up the ramp. So, again, they're kind of trading off the finishes. Like, do Aleister Black and Carrillo stand tall? Do Seth and Murphy do damage to them and threaten to put out an eye and never actually do it except for Ray? Uh, it, it's all been done. They're they're... They're, as you said, they're spinning their wheels in the mud here with this. Yeah. A uh, couple things again. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle, for the five bucks in the super chat. Keep thank that you. train rolling, guys. Uh, I feel like I'm watching Hot Fuzz with Seth, the greater good, repeated ad nauseum. There, there were several things that were re like horror show repeated ad nauseum last night, just over, over and over again, just browbeating me with, with various well, different things going on. Here, here's the other thing I want to say real quick. We had these grand visions Way back. We did the bonus episode about NXT, how high are their ceilings. We talked about Aleister Black coming up, and I have these grandiose hopes that he'll, be, he'll become the next undead warlock superficial kind of character, <laughs> right? No, he's, he's an enforcer for, for Ray he's and Dominic. He's an enforcer. He's just kind of there. What the is going on? Why are you doing what? I mean, I'm, I'm happy Carrillo is getting a great spot. Yeah. He's looking great, and, and honestly, I think he's selling his character really well obviously murphy and, and seth are what we got four massively talented wrestlers and this was an exciting match we just seen it before like everyone the work that was done in this match was it was high energy it was high octane it was great but everything around it we've already seen before and that's the problem the wrestling alone can't save this angle yeah if you have so much story going on you gotta the story's gotta move forward we've been we done been here. We been here. We are here. Move forward. I'll say this. I got really excited when Alistair grabbed a mic and started talking about evil and how he knew evil. <laughs> and I went, yes. Yeah, this is what we want. And he would turn his voice just doing these. Yes. In the Alistair voice. Yeah. Yes, do it. Yes. But then we, oh, you think you know evil, Seth. And just it just gets, it gets belittled and watered down to the point where I, I just want Alistair Black to be this evil warlock character yeah. that comes out of the mist and just takes over the world. Hashtag my wrestling. <laughs> but at the same time, Nick, at least, and this is the one thing that I keep saying to myself, and I look at the pattern of WWE over the years. If you're being used in a spot like this and not being made to look foolish, you, that's fine. You're yeah. in that position where all they need is for a writer to get inspiration or Vince to get a wild hair up his ass and go, oh, you know what? Let's tap that guy to do something big. As Andy just pointed out in the chat, Drew was an enforcer for two years. Yep. So that it's, and that's Good a point. great point. Is that at least he's not being made to look stupid. True. And there are people on this show that we'll talk about today who a year ago we were really excited about and they're being made to look, if not stupid, then certainly not as impressive as they could be looking. And as Alistair is typically made to look, he's made to look like a guy who can kick your ass. So that's good. Let's mm -hmm. at le least rest on that. 
Uh, Kyle in the super chat, $5 again. Thank you very much. Again, everybody that's going to Sammy for Siri today. Thank you very much, Kyle. He says, was it just me, but did the promo segment feel Lucha Underground-esque with Black and Carrillo? Hmm. Oh, not to me. I, did, I didn't get that hit, at least. There wasn't uh, enough Drago. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't lit as cool. It wasn't uh, as, as comic booky or Mortal Kombat-y. Yeah. Uh, Seth Seth is a character that could be on Lucha Underground, but no one else is at this point. No one else involved in this is, is interesting enough or kooky enough. So, And I'd I love want, it if they I were. I want to see where this conversation around evil goes, Seth. And, and do, we, do we get a, a God-Devil kind of dynamic between Aleister Black and Seth Rollins? I'm on board with that. If we have a good versus evil kind of thing, okay. You have, that's the problem that's, is then you have to have Alistair be the center of attention here, and right now it's Ray. Ray is the it's Ray and Seth. They're right. the, the two. They're the two. Uh, Until Dominic fulcrums. Turns on, they're yes. the full fulcrums. Oh my God. Okay. Um, Did you notice that there was that moment where uh, they, they played it from last week, where Dominic was standing on the ring, the mat, and Ray was standing on the second rope, and Dominic was still like as tall as he was. Yeah. Listen, Dominic didn't get that size from Ray. Oh my God! Are we are we gonna, are we going to still do this? Your your conspiracy theories? Yeah, they're still going. Absolutely, you all oh. know it's true. Okay. Well, Kyle followed up saying the subject matter of the speech felt like Lucha Underground to him. I think again, I think that's just Seth and kind of the that's the creepy vibe he's bringing to it. And it was it was I felt like a good it, it's it was good writing in the sense that like it felt like a turn of phrase. It felt like. Seth turned a phrase, and then Ray turned it back around, talking about destiny in the future. So yeah, Krista Joseph's not writing for, for WWE anymore, so we can't say it was him. So it, could, it couldn't have been actually Lucha Underground. Is writer, Seth, Seth, Seth's monologues are delivered like a good Southern Baptist preacher. And they go on, and they go on, and they go on, and they go on, and they go on. And it's a lot of reiterating the exact same things over and over again. And they do it for two hours, and they call at, it a Sunday, right? At so, least he's not up there going, Damon <laughs> Kang! Damon Kang! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where are you, Damon Kang? I know you're out there. I know you're out there. Well, he's not out there, but Big Show's out there. Big Show's and a big angry giant walking around backstage telling uh, Garza and Andrade that he's taken their slot for their match against the Viking Raiders because he's going to talk. He's going to get some stuff about Randy Orton off his chest. Wait, you mean so, of course, Ferrari and Maserati? Right. Yes, yeah. and, and Smurfette, <laughs> and Smur their manager. <laughs> big Show interrupting them as uh, Angel Garza is trying to uh, seduce ref Jess and try to get her to give a better outcome to, hit, to their match. And then, of course, Charlie Caruso nearly catches him Trying to hit on another woman, but of course he's just too slick for that. He's Angel Garza, and he turns right back around and goes, "Hello, Charlie." And of course, Zelina Vega goes, "Shut up, get out of here, leave her alone." Let two, all right, two buck Chuck, you got any questions for us? Big Show interrupts all this, says, "Hey, I'm taking your, I'm taking your segment. It's my segment now." They're all perturbed, so Big Show goes out to the ring and says, "I got some issues with Randy Orton." You think you're a legend killer? I'm a legend. Come get me, Randy. But before Randy can, out come Andrade and Angel Garza to be like, yeah, you stepped on our toes backstage. We didn't like that. They surround the ring. Big Show is in there going, all right, come on. Come and get me. When all of a sudden out comes Ric Flair, who, in my mind, really shouldn't be anywhere near the WWE right now, considering they just had a minor outbreak and we don't know who has what. There right now, they they say that they're testing everybody, but they said that before. 
Rick, you've survived <sighs> the 80s. You survived your all of the scares that you've had. Don't let COVID be the thing that takes you out, man. <laughs> the Keith Richards of WWE. God. He's... <laughs> Well, so, Keith, so we can't do any more good. drugs because you already did them all. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I did. Oh. <laughs> we have to wait till you fat. die and smoke your ashes. I'm, I'm still totally stealing fat, that from, isn't it? from Dennis right. Leary. Love that. Anyway. Sorry, Mick, yeah, you so queen. Is, is Ric Flair counter-programming having Tully and Arn and Jake Roberts over on AEW? Like, What is the reason for having him come out and be some sort of advocate for, of all people, Randy Orton? Randy Orton well, needs no advocate. It feels like to me we got a long time till Edge comes back. Yeah. So we got a lot of slow playing to do with good old Randy Orton. So we've right out the big show. Like <laughs> we, we, well, and we've already established that Rick and Randy have a history. They're on the same side. Rick Rick's the dirtiest player in the game. He's gonna low blow you if he if he if he has to in order to help Randy win, as he did to Christian. So he comes out and kind of takes the air out of the room a little bit. And I I Sorry, Rick, but you did. You came in, and we were just—it was just starting to get really tense with Andrade and Angel around the ring, about to pounce Big Show, and then Rick comes out, and everyone kind of like hangs out while Rick just talks for about five minutes about how Randy's, you know, Randy's Randy's a great guy, and he's going to kick Big Big Show's butt. Yay! Uh, um, and then Rick, and then Rick goes, "Okay, as you were, <laughs> proceed <laughs> to kick Big Show's butt," and he leaves. <sighs> so then Angel and Andrade up, go back to getting in the ring. And then the Viking Raiders music comes on, and they run down to the ring, and we have the aforementioned match we were supposed to have between the Viking Raiders and Angel Garza and Andrade. And it was awesome. It was a great match, but I'm very curious what you thought about the finish, Nick. Once again, we started seeing that there is, uh, there's trouble in paradise between Andrade and Angel Garza. They're not on the same page. That apparently is still a story. But they were still able to beat the Viking Raiders more or less clean. The only issue off was... Off a distraction, it, you know? It was off a distraction, but it was still more or less clean. And you had... Uh, it was a Angel Garza getting a uh, a blind tag on Andrade and stealing the moment and getting the pin at the end and kind of shoving it in Andrade's face. Andrade had been kind of a dick to him all match. Yeah. Even tried so, to leave. Left him left him hanging. He just yeah. got up and walked up. And then Zelina got off commentary and came and stopped him. And Which know, I thought all was that, a nice touch. All that distraction. Uh, Garza lands the wing clipper on Eric and... Uh, I, am I supposed to? Is this supposed to mean something? Have 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 Garza and Andrade now skipped the Viking Raiders, or, or are they number one contenders for the Street Profits now? Well, this is the thing. It was mentioned a couple of times by commentary through all this that if they win this match over the Viking Raiders, who are the most recent uh, contenders for the tag titles, it would put them in a place where you'd have to talk about them as being possible contenders for the tag titles. Well, yeah. they beat the Viking Raiders. And then later on, Ric Flair approached them backstage and says, hey, I got a job for you. And they end up having a two-on-one match against Big Show later on in the night. So everything comes full circle. And you, you got to fill three hours. Here's, not, here's something else where they filled most of the guts of this show with this drama. Um, so that I thought that was a nice way to serve two masters as well. And then you also had more of their breakup angle or whatever to the tension that they're having right now when uh, – Angel Garza left Andrade high and dry in the Big Show match. Angel Big Show beat the crap out of both of them until Angel finally started going for his legs, got the big man down, and as he was about to deliver the finishing blow, Andrade blind tags himself in and says, this is my moment. Angel says, oh, it's your moment? Cool. Have your moment. Whoop. And he's out of the ring, walking up the ramp, 
Andrade turns around into a choke slam. One, two, three, big show wins another two on one handicap match. He's, I think, believe he's 11 and 0 in his last 11 <laughs> attempts. He doesn't lose these matches. Right. Uh, and then he gives a knockout punch to Andrade as an insult to injury because he's a big, angry giant. And here we are now looking at the possibility that Angel and Andrade are the next contenders for the Street Profits titles, but they're also going the way of Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. It's up to you. You can determine who's who. Uh, so okay. is, is, so is that the story here is that we've got this fragmented tag team going for the raw tag titles. Is that actually, when you look at it that way, is that actually kind of an interesting story? It kind of is. Cause the, the cohesion between, uh, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins is the polar opposite of what's going on with Andrade and Garza. Uh, and before I say anything else, I want to call out Kyle again with the five bucks in the super Thank chat. You, Thank sir. you very much, sir. Uh, again, all like guys, ladies and gentlemen, all the contributions tonight going to the Sammy for Syria cause uh, at the end of the show here. Um, says Andrade isn't going to out-dong Garza. He should stop no. while he's ahead because nobody is beating Garza in that measuring contest. <laughs> no, that's why I'm calling this tag team the Ding Dongs because uh, okay. Garza, Dong, and Andrade. Now, if it were Finn Balor and, and Angel Garza in a tag team, oh, we'd, oh. our eyes might bleed. There's but, the, the Dong Dongs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, we've run that into the ground sufficiently. <laughs> Hashtag Garza Dong. Uh, uh, so, okay. So I'm, I'm actually not mad at that if that's the direction that they're going with this. No. And to be honest with you, it could actually be more interesting if they do pull together enough to win them and then they're the tag champs while still having all of these fractures within their tag team if Zelina can keep them together long enough. so Look how nuts we all were at the beginning of the year with uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega having their little bit of splintering issues and uncertainties yeah. and, and all of that. And I That's what I'm basing this on when I look at what exactly what you just said. If we strap them, if I they are the, the heels that take the, the Raw Tag Championships off of Street Profits, and we're still dealing with a lot of this stuff, uh, yeah, that's. I don't think that's gone too well for the AEW Tag Team Championships over there. So I'm. I, I've got a sour taste in my mouth about it, frankly. Kyle coming back real quick with another five bucks. Thank you very much, man. Thank he you, says, sir. Uh, on a serious note, way to make Garza strong against two super heavyweights as a cruiserweight. I was shocked at Garza taking down Show by himself. Yeah, I thought I, my eyebrows went up when he took down Show as well. I know it was convenient for the story in the moment but it did make garza look really good um and one wonders if, if that's indicative of a bigger picture a perception of garza or if that was just for the story of this match if they do split up if this isn't going towards a tag title ship but if it's going towards a split uh who's the genetti who's the michaels or do they become two viable singles wrestlers i'd say andrade is pretty much protected at this point by uh his um Hmm, how should I put this? Uh, Significant <sighs> other. Yeah. 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 He's doing okay. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's going to be fine. He, now, he's hanging now, with royalty. Listen, his significant other is taking a break. Now Pops is coming out to put him over. <laughs> right. So, listen, if you're going to have Ric Flair come out anytime you come out, that's you're good. If Finn, and, if Finn Balor and uh, Angel Garza formed a tag team, would we call them Dong Style? That, that's not bad. That's Just not saying. bad. Dong, as long as they both, you know, as long as Finn keeps doing his rope hang, and then right behind him, Angel comes up and just like 
pulls his tearaways off. Not mad at that. Finisher is a swanton dong. Wow. Okay. Let, let's move on. Uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. MVP is still managing Lashley, but MVP also wanted to manage Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews said, no, nay, I do not want your services, sir. So MVP said, fine, and you're going to have my match. And this was, uh, this was reiterated to us again this week with MVP coming out and saying, you had your chance to be on my good side, now you're on my bad side. And you're about to see what's going to happen. Now, this was a non-title match, which is good because at the end, Lashley interfered and MVP picked up the win over the U.S. champion. Interesting. When MVP came back and immediately retired after the Royal Rumble, I did not see this coming. Nope. <laughs> a few months later, he'd be beating the U.S. champ. Uh, obviously, he didn't win the title, but that's still, that's a big moment. Now, afterwards, they started beating up Apollo Crews. Lashley got him in the full Nelson, and out came, for the first time in months on Raw, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. Oh, I didn't know they were filming main event at the same time. Oh! So they come, they come running out to help save Apollo Crews, and we end up having a one-on-one -on -one match between Ricochet and Bobby Lashley. To call it a match might be a bit of an exaggeration because it was basically Lashley ragdolling Ricochet around the ring for about seven minutes and Ricochet selling his ass off in a way that would make Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels blush. But he, but he got some offense in. He got a little bit of a streak there for a second until he Lashley had, finally locks in the, the Nelson and we're done. He had a little bit of a, a babyface comeback at the end of this that was quickly squashed by yeah. Bobby Lashley once he realized that Ricochet had made him bleed his own blood. Yes. He got busted open on the ear. Uh, couldn't tell if it was a laceration from hitting the ring post or if he, like, popped his cauliflower ear or what it was. Ew. But the image of Lashley, like, standing over Ricochet, roaring like a cave bear and picking up Ricochet in a full Nelson, swinging him around with blood flying everywhere, blood all over his chest. Ricochet, you know, not Bobby, like a ripped dude, but not Lashley's size at all getting tossed around like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. It was a startling image. And I have to say that from the beginning of this match, even a little bit like his presence in the Apollo match, this is the most terrifying Bobby Lashley has looked since he came back to the main roster. And I love it. Yes. I freaking love it. Even though it's at the, it's at the expense of our boy Ricochet, who has been chewed up and, and spit out at this point down to main event. Uh, this was actually one of the more entertaining parts of the show. It was. And, and it, this is what we've been waiting to see old Bob Lashley get to. It's what we kind of wanted. What we When he came out as a, listen, when he came out as a surprise entrant, uh, or when he, bought, he re debuted, I think it was after, was it after Mania when he came back? The Raw after Mania or Raw something? I don't remember exactly where he re debuted um, off the top of my head. But that, when I saw that, that was my immediate thought, was TNA Bobby Lashley. I wanted to see yeah. that monster that we saw last night in WWE, and I got hyped about it. But no, yeah. we got interviews with him talking about how he only does it for his little sisters, and we got obstacle courses with Sami Zayn. And why, why do we always have to go through all of this stuff with all the people that we really like to get them to the point that we really like them? Why do we have to walk around with Drew McIntyre aside Zolf Ziggler and Baron Corbin for two years before we could get him to the point where we really like him? 
Well, this is why I was saying earlier about Alistair. Sometimes if you have people just hanging around, they're just hanging around until they finally like get the right program for them at the right time. Yeah. And Lashley definitely had to go through some some absolute crap, Lana Angle, just yeah. to get mm-hmm. to this point. Uh, Sami Zayn Angle, just to get to this point, he had to go through some 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 crap angles. But now they're finally treating him right, and I don't know what light bulb switched on where. But someone finally realized, oh, we can make this guy look like one of the most terrifying human beings in our company without having to do a lot. And it's really effective. And actually, it's a pity that they don't still have him in the main event scene. But at the same time, I think they're actually bringing him back down because he does look like too much of a contender to Drew McIntyre at this point. Yeah. And him being involved over in the U.S. title picture and... And elsewhere in the mid card, upper mid card, maybe uh, it it keeps him legitimate, but it also keeps him fresh. So if they want to bring him back and have him be a genuinely scary opponent for Drew later on, when they've established more of this kind of Lashley, I think I'm not mad at it at all. No, no, I I can totally get behind it. Look, keep doing what you're doing with Lashley. It's two thumbs up for me. Figure out the program along the way, whether it's something with Apollo Crews for the U.S. title or whether it's going back after Drew for SummerSlam or something along those lines now that we know that gender's hurt. Listen, keep doing what you're doing with Lashley. It's extremely effective. And take putting the little agile guys out there with that monster of a man uh, and having him just like ragdoll them around yeah, all day. I wasn't a fan of, of him going to a, a, a full Nelson as a finisher for a while there and then i started seeing him toss dudes around it and i'm like never mind that's cool that's it works like i said leonardo dicaprio in the revival big old bear come in here's a little tiny rabbit caught in his jaws it's great <laughs> i don't know what that was rabbit screaming you never heard a rabbit scream it's terrible horrible okay. over in the super chat andy jessup two two dollars thank you sir he says they have to pay their dues that's yeah fair for the in vince's mind i guess Sometimes it's not even paying your dues. Like, I mean, Drew came back and had to kind of reestablish himself, but is also waiting for the right time. You know, I think they were ready to pull the trigger on Drew, but they knew they had it had to be the right time in the right way. And I think that's the case here with some of these guys, where they're kind of like they're keeping them, they're keeping them under glass, and they're ready for it. And they're like, okay, at any point, as soon as they're ready, as soon as they're ready, you know. Whereas with guys like Ricochet, it was like they we tried him out, eh, didn't have what we want. Let's at least find him something to do with him because he is talented. So, yeah, yeah, hate to say it. Um, I, I don't know. I he, feel like Drew was turnkey. I, he I mean, was NXT champion. He was the face of that brand for uh, just after Bobby Roode. He was the absolute face of that going the other way, and we loved it. Sure, but I'm I'm saying more like a person like Apollo Cruz, who sure. sat around doing nothing forever. He even was like kicked down to the bottom the way Ricochet and, and, and Cedric have been right now, uh, even lower. I would argue. But right place, right time, right story. Here he is, U.S. champ. And facing off against MVP. And, it, and it, frankly, a rather interesting angle. I'm curious where they're going about this. Same. Um, there's a lot of moving parts here. And I'm, I'm, they've got my attention. Yep. So, not mad at it. Yep. Also not mad at the fact that we had Peyton Royce in a one-on-one match with Ruby Riot. Ooh, the Iconics catch Ruby a bit. But then also, uh, in some interesting twists here, the Iconics found Ruby backstage and said, oh, isn't it sad you don't have any friends anymore? And Ruby kind of mocked them before having a match with Peyton, which was interesting because Ruby was not acting, in my opinion, 
very heelish, not her normal kind of sneering, arrogant way. She was acting, acting a lot kind of nicer, if that makes sense. Whereas Peyton and Billy were doing their typical iconic shtick and being mean girls. And ultimately, Peyton won this match after a bit of a distraction from Billy with an absolutely monstrous twisting brain buster. Is which that what it was? Did it, they call it that? Like a spinning brain buster, twisting brain buster, whatever you call it. She picked her up in a vertical suplex and then just twisted over and brought her down. And it looked like she absolutely murdered Ruby Riot. Yeah. Um, I've watched that gift so many times. It's just a beautiful move. And people kind of, they lost their minds a little bit about it because I think a lot of people forget Peyton actually can do stuff. Yeah, she was one of the top contenders for the NXT Women's Championship back during Asuka's reign. Her and Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross. So she's, she's, I I think she's a very good wrestler. Just most of the time she's doing a comedy act with the Iconics. Um, So once again, we're reminded she's got moves. But more interesting to me here was Ruby Riot. Why are the Iconics going and talking to Ruby Riot and saying, you don't have any friends, having a match with her and beating her handily? Ooh, ooh, I know. Nick, Nick in the back of the classroom with his hand. Yes, up. yes. Um, because we have nothing to do with Liv Morgan, so we're going to have to begrudgingly reform the Riot Squad. <laughs> yes, that is the correct answer. Yes. Thank you, Nick. Yes. That's right. That is good. Very well. <laughs> Very well done. Round of applause. That's my suspicion as well, is that you've got Liv Morgan floating around with not much to do. You've got Ruby Riot floating around. She's now lost something like 11 matches straight. Uh, oh, it's worse than that. Uh, and I want to give credit to Simon Miller for, for, for calling attention to this for me. Ruby Riot is 0-20. 0-20? Oh and, 20. Oh and, 20? and I, I went and looked. 0-20. Oh Holy shit. She's given Kurt Hawkins a run for his money at this point. Whoa. <laughs> so if you don't think they're going to put the oh. Riot Squad back together, so that and look, that's a good thing, right? It builds the women's tag division. These are good things that we're because basically they're agreed. Both stale we need women's right tag now. teams. Yeah. Yes, they need women's tag teams. But so I'm, I'm not mad at that as a from that perspective, yes. Oh, oh and 20. Yeah. <laughs> That'll humble you. That'll humble you and send you back to your your blonde lesbian friend. I, is, is that still what their Liv Morgan's gimmick is? I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Uh, b- b- bi dominatrix thing. I, d- I, she, Lana was ringside and she had no reaction last week. So I, I, I don't even know what to do. Wouldn't you still be upset? Liv Morgan, what is your gimmick? They can't push you without a gimmick. <sighs> uh, All right. Well, uh, we're going to just mm, take a deep breath on that. Either way, I'm excited to have... Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, team back up. Riot Squad back together would be the best thing for both of them right now. It would be the best thing for both of them. And having a feud with the Iconics, I think, would actually make for some good matches and some good TV. So there, that's yep. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. Finally, the last match on Monday Night Raw was a very short one. Barely call it a match. R-Truth versus Akira Tozawa and his ninjas for the 24-7 championship was actually defended in the ring. And... In true 24-7 fashion, uh, R-Truth faked a knee injury, rolled up to Zawa in about a minute and 26 seconds, won his title back, dodged a couple of ninjas, and ran out of the building. All right. Well, uh, Nick, does this, feel, does this feel like dropping the ball a little bit to you on like a, a, a fun, in which silly, part? ridiculous concept? <laughs> the the nin- the motorcycle yes. ninjas or the twenty four seven championship or our truth or all of the above. 
not our truth. I think that was it's it's his shtick. That that's kind of his thing. Um, more Tozawa and the ninjas in, as involved with the twenty four seven championship. I feel like there's you could you'd have had a lot of shenanigans, a lot of shenanigans going on with that. And it was just once again, we're we're propped up with something like. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if Gronk had the 24-7 title and did something with it? Hey, what's Riddick Moss doing at the 24-7 title? Hey, what's whatever it is, Jinder Mahal uh, being pinned on a plane. You know what I mean? Like all of yeah. these things have happened with this title where you're like, this is some this could be some really cool stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, he beat him the next day, and we're all done with all of that. And if if we never see Tozawa and his ninjas again, it's gonna be one of those things where I just throw papers in the air and go, you had motorcycle ninjas that just writes itself for weeks and weeks of content, silly, fun content, and you just went, nah, don't need it, don't want it, we're good. I, I still want the motorcycle to fall over on Akira Tozawa. Well, I guess he's not. Well, I wanted him to say that the motorcycle becomes 24-7 champion. Yeah, well, you're, you're going to some DDT for that. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, some, that's some wacky out there stuff. I don't know if WWE is ready to go that far yet, but... <laughs> I just want a little, like, if you're going to go crazy, go crazy. Yes. So, yeah, this was a little disappointing for me. Yeah. Just, uh, just go. if you're going to do it, go all the way. Like Chris, oh. 1978, in the chat, $5. Thank you very much. He says, charity. And that is appropriate because every, every dime we get today will be going to Sammy for Syria. So thank you very much, Chris. We very much appreciate that. And uh, thank you for your generosity. And yes. thank you, everyone, for your generosity. But that was... Monday Night Raw. Well, thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous. Uh, guys, I want to introduce the next segment. Ian did talk about it at the beginning of the show. Go ahead, sir. But before we do that, Kyle, line drive, snuck in another $5 before before we got out of this. He snuck it, he snuck it in. Because Kyle booking, Alistair Black wins the 24-7 title, so people finally pick a fight with him. Sorry, pick a fight with him. Yeah, no. I... Keep our boy away from that title. Or is, or the, my, my Aussie that. friends will go, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Nah. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. Oh, God. I get Joke's funny, but just but don't put that evil out there. They no. might do it, dude. No. Just, just no. Just no. Oh. Well, guys, oh, as, as Ian said at the top of the show, uh, we have been doing Patreon for a couple of years now. And mm -hmm. one of the things that we set up uh, and re one of the original things we wanted to do was to allow people to come on and be part of the show. And it took a couple of years for someone to finally step up and co-produce a segment for the show uh, overall. And we've, we worked, it, it, this was interesting. It was one of those things where we had to work with that individual on their concept and what they wanted to do and what they wanted it to be. And ultimately, uh, I, I, all credit goes to Jesse Money for coming up with Bright Side of the Ring. So the concept of Bright Side of the Ring is a segment dedicated to a new story about something positive in wrestling. Now, in a time like right now when so much is focused on the grimmer aspects of the wrestling business, whether it's uh, TV shows like Dark Side of the Ring, which are obviously we're copping the title for here, sure. uh, the revelations that have been brought about by the Speaking Out movement, uh, the state of the world in general right now, everything's kind of topsy-turvy. It seems like it would be a, a beneficial and necessary duty to concentrate on stories which highlight the good that people can do and that talents are doing, uh, talents who are using their visibility to create joy or eliminate suffering outside of the wrestling ring 
and their chosen profession of entertainment. They're already giving to us in, in, in wrestling and entertaining and giving of their bodies. But what are they doing beyond that? Are they going above and beyond? So whether it be special interest stories, uh, whether it be, uh, be about uh, you know, a wrestler, we've got some ideas for it. You'll see as the weeks go on, as the months go on, we'll be coming back to this segment a lot. But today's segment, we wanted to actually highlight a charity. We wanted to highlight Sammy for Syria, which is uh, a charity that Sammy Zayn started in WWE. His real name, of course, Rami Sebe. He is actually a Syrian Canadian. He was born in Canada from Syrian immigrants. Um, and that's why he's invested personally in Syria. Um, and I was, I was curious what inspired him to start this charity, Nick, because uh, as you know, Syria is actually a, a pretty rough place in the world and has been for a while now. Uh, if you're not aware, the Syrian civil war has actually been raging for nine years now. And it obviously there's too much time to get into all the nuances and details of that. Uh, but suffice it to say that it basically boils down to um, a, the president Bashar al-Assad versus all kinds of insurgents and other groups in the country. Uh, and both all the sides have their own international backers. So it's just a gigantic mess. Um, and as a result, the average person there, the average civilian, is having a really tough time of it. Uh, Sammy said that he visited Syria when he was in his early teens. And actually at the time, he was bummed to go to Syria because he was going to miss WWE, watching WWE all summer. But then he got there. He actually was able to visit his family's hometown of Homs and, uh, and really got a taste for what Syria really was. So um, it's not that he's never been there. He's been there and seen it. Obviously, that was before everything started really going downhill. Um, and when it did, he started seeing all these, these pictures and videos of things that were going on there. Um, and it really, it really hit him hard because he sat down and said, you know, I, I'm someone who always runs my mouth about good causes and people doing right, but what have I done? Um, and so he said, uh, quote, I felt like I had all these opinions and I had all these good intentions, but then I really had to look myself in the mirror and say, you talk a big game, but what are you actually doing? I yeah. just kind of felt like a hypocrite, and I realized I do have the means to help because of this platform that I've been afforded by being a WWE superstar or being on TV every Monday night. I realized I had a position to actually facilitate some change, and I wasn't really, I wasn't really making some change. While my intentions were good, I wasn't really doing anything. I'd look myself into the mirror and confront my own hypocrisy and face that head on, and that was really what sparked it. Um, and he thought, look, if I'm Syrian and I'm on TV, and people naturally aren't going to have in America or wherever, if you're not Syrian, you're not naturally going to have an empathic response to people in Syria. It's far away. It's hard to conceptualize. You don't have any direct connection. But if someone like Sami Zayn, who's a Syrian, is on TV and he goes, I'm a Syrian. My people are in trouble. That creates, hopefully, an empathetic bridge between himself and the audience and the people in Syria. Um, and he said, if I could spread the message of empathy and understanding and doing good for others, I mean, that's ultimately the message behind Sammy for Syria. The more practical message is 20 bucks can really help save somebody's life. Yeah. Um, and if he could help people who don't have that connection to Syria, make a connection to Syria as a Syrian, then he's happy to do that. So that's where the idea came from. So in 2017, he started Sammy for Syria, which he, he made in conjunction with an existing nonprofit group. They're non-religious, non-political 
a nonprofit called the Syrian American Medical Society. Um, they had they helped him create the program, and what they came up with was the idea of a mobile medical clinic. And and Sam's had already been doing that, um, but not on a scale like they needed someone like Sammy to be a presence on social media and in the media and give them more visibility and help them raise money um, to create a, a, a new sustainable one. Um, and if you're wondering why a mobile medical clinic, it's because the actual medical facilities in Syria are being targeted and blown up. Yeah. So it's also really cost-effective, sustainable, and you have a lot of people who are stuck. It's too dangerous to move around so it, they can't get to places where med- medicine actually might exist. So the medicine has to come to them. Um, so in July 2017, Sammy hit his initial fundraising goal of $50,000 in one month. Uh, he started in July, ended in August. He hit $50,000, which was enough to keep this thing going for six to eight months. He ended up clearing about $100,000 that entire first year to keep it going. Um, and... Uh, on average, when it's active, the clinic itself runs about 1,200 procedures a month. Wow. Uh, and it, yeah. <laughs> and it does everything from treating preventable chronic diseases, um, you know, the kind that you get when there's no access to fresh running water, uh, the kind that you get where you don't have regular access to medical facilities. Um, there's a midwife on hand to help with, uh, with feminine care and pregnancies. Uh, there is, and there's actually another one that, that Sammy... Uh, himself is kind of his personal touch from what I understand. There's actually a psychiatrist and a psychosocial worker on hand as well to provide mental health assistance. Because as he says, it's traumatic enough to see these images, let alone live in them. And then his own empathy dictated the rest. Obviously, these people who are going through these kinds of traumas, they must need some mental care as well. So they actually, that was his touch to say, let's get someone who's involved with this who can help treat people Mentally as well as just as physically. Yeah. So, um, as of 2018, they were able to continue doing this, and they actually started adding a humanitarian aspect to it as well. They started carrying fresh water, food, baby formula. They actually gave out over 30,000 meals uh, in 2018. So, um, so that's Sammy for Syria. That's what this whole concept that he created was, and it all came about because. He looked at his home country and his own, own internal empathy created a desire in him to help others. Um, and it's kept going. He actually uh, received an award for, uh, for doing this and is actually in the middle of a fundraiser right now. They have a $60,000 goal, goal that they're trying to hit right now. They're actually at $57,500 as of when I was researching this today um, because – Apparently, between April 2019 and March 2020 of this year, a bombing campaign over northwest Syria has actually started endangering even more people, about 4 million innocent civilians, and about 1 million people are actually have fled their homes, and some of them are actually out-trapped in the desert mm. where there's really nothing. Um, also, because of the lack of medical care, the risk of COVID has now gone up as well. So that's another concern they've got right now. So there's a ton of necessity there right now. Um, a bunch of people have donated over the years. Names like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins—they've each given thousands of dollars. Roman I, Reigns—I've donated personally. 
Yeah, same. Bo Dallas, Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, Mick Foley, Brian Kendrick, Becky Lynch, Chris Jericho, Shinsuke Nakamura, and many more that I, you know, I couldn't. That's all the names I got, and there's many more. Um, so that's that's the concept of Sammy for Syria. Um, and there was just a quote that I found from him that I wanted to just kind of end this segment on, and that was, he said, "Spread as much kindness and compassion as possible to counterbalance all the horrible things in this world." That's the idea behind it. Go to SammyForSyria.com if you want to help or donate. So yeah. that is Sammy for Syria. Uh, Nick, I see over in the uh, in the chat, JB threw in $10 during this. Thank you very much, JB. Oh. That, of course, will be going to Sammy for Syria uh, after the show today. She said, congrats on the new segment. Looking forward to many more bright sides of the ring. Hashtag BWO gives back. Thank you. I, have, so, uh, I, I think this is an amazing cause. I think it's... It's something where we have to we have to keep in mind what he's actually supporting here because I want you to imagine for a minute that your main street, your grocery, your gas, your everything, the things that you need to survive have been bombed out and there's no resources, there's no food, there's no water, there's no there's barely electricity probably, much less medical care. So I think all of these things are being cared for, but what Sammy has focused in on is the health care both mental and physical health care. And, and I absolutely, he's been at this, look, like you said, it's been going on for nine years. It, it, it's unfortunately doesn't look like it's coming to an end anytime soon. So we're just going no. to need to give more. The fact that Sammy has done this uh, because of his descent, he's not been able to participate in certain shows around the world. Um, there, there's all kinds of things and he's never let any of that get him down. He's just kind of plowing forward and making good change happen. And I think that is the that's the biggest message right here is that and the brightest spot for me in this bright side of the ring segment is that with everything that is going on there's this sort of bright spot of Sami Zayn helping people in a war-torn country uh in the middle of one of the hottest zones in the world making sure that the the people that are the victims of this war are getting all of the health care that they need uh, as if it's a sort of mobile clinic. And I think yeah. he has aspirations to put even more of these things together, uh, to just be basically roving around the suburbs of Syria, uh, helping people get what they need. Well, wherever. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and the thing that really strikes me about this, again, is, um, and this to me is the real story, because the point of the segment is to highlight the wrestler and, and, and what their actions are, are, are creating. For me, it was more speaking to his character as a person, as a human being. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he was able to sit down and upon self-reflection, realize that he had the ability, because of his status, because of his privilege, because of his where he was, he had the ability to reach out and reach a hand out to people and help up others. Um, and he did it in a way that w was essentially um, it was direct. You know, it wasn't it wasn't just saying on social media, hey, everybody, keep Syria in your thoughts. It was, no, what can I actually create um, with the power that I have? Yeah. So the fact that, that he took a moment to, to reflect on himself and come up with this and create this, um, to reach out and put in the legwork and put in the effort to create this way of helping people, I think is the, the thing I want to highlight, is that there are people out there and that there are wrestlers out there where this is what they do with their free time. Yeah. You know, there's as, as for everything that we see that we just, we shudder at 
especially the last few weeks uh, doing the news show has been particularly rough for us because we're keeping like, oh my God, there's so much bad news. Thinking about this and you know all the people that we're, we're disappointed in, well, let's look at somebody where we can say, hey, this is a guy who's doing something that's a shining example of what we want to see in a human being, what we want to see people doing, helping each other, um, bringing some light to the world. So yeah. that's what this segment was about. And to close it off, Will James threw 20 bucks in the Super Chat. And paying it forward, thanks for bringing this to the forefront. Love you guys. Thank you thank for that. You, thank you, Will. JB, Very Kyle, cool. with all of your Super Chats, and, uh, and Chris, thank you guys all throughout the show today and i hope you guys enjoy bright side of the ring it feels like a little bit of a downer but it's a kind of a good whoo it's a good no there's thing there's good happening yes we we can we can do good and again guys thank you to everyone who contributed today all of that will be going to semi for syria and all of that will be obviously being funneled to help people in syria so that ultimately will be the positive change yes absolutely and speaking of positive things, it's that time of the show where we have yes. to go over and do what we like to call our moment of positivity. That's right, the moment of positivity brought to you by Sean Clark, one of our lovely listeners who wants us all to go out into the world with a more positive aspect feeling a little bit better and so at the end of the show even though we kvetch about some things we want to talk about something that was positive that made us happy that made us feel the butterflies the fuzzies inside so that we can all concentrate on something good when we go back out into the world so good. nick what was your moment of positivity for this week the epiphany that i had at oh. the end of the opening scuffle scrum Mm. Where you had Drew McIntyre standing next to Asuka, leaning against the ropes as the the shitty little heels ran off to the to the back, and you had that camera shot looking up at Drew McIntyre and Asuka as if they were the banner of WWE, and I went, yes. <laughs> this yep. is this is the WWE I've wanted. These are the two <laughs> that I've wanted at the top. You mark. We're finally here. It's time for Drew McIntyre and Asuka to run WWE. We'll hopefully see how long it lasts, at least I, for the next three yeah. weeks. But this that it was just that moment that I recognized it with Drew McIntyre's music. All that yeah. going. And I just had that moment. That was my moment of positivity, literally. I just had That's that. Fair <sighs> enough. How about That's you, Surrey and Dangerous? I... Uh... I actually, I've, I had a couple that I was, I was thinking about. Peyton Royce's finisher popped me hard. I thought that was a, mm. that was beautiful. And I love seeing her get accolades for that. Um, I loved watching Oscar and Sasha go at it. Uh, but I've got to say, it was the chops on the show that I've got to say were my moment of positivity. This week. everyone was given these chops this week. Drew was chopping the crap out of Dolph Ziggler. Big Show was chopping the crap out of, of Garza and Andrade. Just they were just they were I don't know they made me happy they were just such they were, probably because the crowd was quiet too they were so loud I bet I can guess what so noise you made every time what what noise? <laughs> uh, no I didn't no it was it was more of like the it was a bit closer like a Wilhelm scream than a Ric Flair woo I gotta <laughs> yeah. I gotta admit yeah <laughs> so yeah that's. My my moment of positivity, all the stiff strikes, all the chops on Monday Night Raw. There was mm, nothing I like more than a good chop with a little bit of applesauce 
and some gravy. I had big yes. double cut pork chops on Sunday night for dinner. All right, you're making me hungry now. Uh, Kyle, we got, yep. yes, you, yep. you Kyle with five food? bucks in the super chat says Drew and Oscar makes me wish mix max mix. I could never say this. Say five, so you never mix could. match challenge was back. Oscar and Miz, by the way, that's mwah, one of the yep. best tag teams ever. Yep. Yeah. Thank you very much, Kyle, and to everybody thank that you, donated. Kyle. Thank you guys. Uh, also, Marshall. So much. Much. Oh, Marshall, Marshall here as well. Quick. Yes, he's snuck in with five dollars. Oh. He says, "Always happy to help the show and all of the great causes." Marshall, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody who donated today. You guys are awesome. Yes, we really appreciate it, and that will be going to a very good cause, Sammy, for Syria. So, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you guys so much. Well, that's our show, folks. Thank you very much for joining us for Busted Wide Open. We hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel here on YouTube. Have your notifications set to all. Get into our Discord server. The BWO Discord is the place to be all throughout the week. Uh, and there's rumblings that Discord is moving their focus away from gaming. So they're going to start doing more building for communities and things of that nature. So if you're not in our Discord yet, make sure you're over there. We've got throwback chats with Andy Jessup and uh, several other folks. We've got uh, dedicated chat channels for all of the pay-per-views, so you can do watch-alongs and chat with us as we all watch it together, plus every show all throughout the week and all kinds of other good stuff over there. You can find a link down in the description below here on YouTube or over on our social media profile. Speaking of which... You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Come find us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Get into the discussion group and like our page. Uh, and last but certainly not least, our patrons. Thank you guys so much for everything that you guys do every single month. One more hat tip and shout out to Mr. Jesse Money for uh, co-producing this segment with us, Bright Side of the Ring. We look forward to doing yet another one next month with you um and i i hope you guys really really enjoyed that thank you guys for all of your donations um and i'm personally going to go ahead and proclaim that uh i'm going to match it i'm going to match it uh and make we'll make it even bigger so what uh yep uh from orbital jigsaw orbital jigsaw the our host company uh will be doing a 100 percent match of the money that we get today and contributing that to Sammy for Syria. So thank you guys, everybody for all of your donations today. Uh, I really appreciate that. And we're really looking forward, Jesse, to see uh, what we can come up with for next month. So thank you, Mr. Jesse money for all of your uh, contributions to the show and all of our other patrons. If you guys would like to get in on some of that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. It is the best way to support the show. Sign up for one of those reward tiers. You can get access to bonus episodes like the one we're getting ready to do right after this. You can still get in there. $10 a month, you can get access to a whole back catalog of about two years of bonus episodes at this point. You get them right away just by feeding into your podcast app of choice. So that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Nick's going to take a little break. One little bit of housekeeping left to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick's going to take a little break for the next few days. I'm taking a vacation this week, uh, and I will be out through Saturday. So I'm leaving. Ian, you have the con. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Don't burn the house down, son. I promise nothing. (laughs) Uh, But I do believe that there are efforts to get JB uh, to have... No, it's it's 100% confirmed. Uh, Stepping into your seat this Saturday, we will see the return of the lovely the effervescent JB to the show. So, yes, we will be having a different host this Saturday. Obviously, no live show, but the show will be going up Saturday night. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Thank you guys very much for joining us today. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Bye-bye, 
God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.